0: Nehemiah 8 and 5, when all the people, when he opened the book, all the people stood up. Our biblical text this morning should be found in the book of St. John, the fifth chapter, and eight verses. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude, if in your sanctified imagination you can reach back more than 2,000 years ago, uh, and as the, uh, these multitude of great, a great multitude lay there, Of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease uh, they had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity for 30 and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been there now a long time in that case, he said unto him, wilt thou be made whole? Oh, yes. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into that pool. But while I am coming, another step down before me Jesus answered and saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. I want you to look around at anyone in this um, sanctuary and worship center and just repeat and just say, Get out the bed. bed. And that's for you that are at home also. (laughs) Get Get off the mat. Pick up your soul. And walk. Amen. Maybe see you may be seated in the house of the Lord. That's it. That's it, That's it, right? If I had to tag this message, I'd simply tag it get out to bed, pick up your soul, and walk. My brothers and sisters, try not to hold you too long this morning. Get out of bed. Every Christian that has been born again in Christ Jesus has the propensity and natural uh, tendency to get up, get out, and get going. Why, because the movement of Jesus Christ fuels our bodies, our spirits, and our souls. Reverend uh, Kenneth Saar, a uh, pastor in Chattanooga, Tennessee, talks about Tony Campola, who tells a story of a young woman named Nancy who was stricken with an illness and had a uh, handicapping condition. And she was confined to a wheelchair, but she had, a, a, as it were, an extraordinary ministry. Uh, Nancy, every week, uh, in the personal s- sections of her local newspaper she runs an ad that reads if you are lonely or have problems call me she would say i'm i am in a wheelchair and i very seldom get out so we, we can share our problems, as she says, with each other. And she'd end the conversation and we said, I'd love to talk to you. Uh-huh. Nancy spends, as Tony would say, Nancy, Mr. Tony say, Nancy spends much of her day on the telephone t- talking with more than 30 lonely and discouraged people who call her each week. When Mr. Campola asked Nancy uh, how she became uh, confined to the wheelchair, Nancy told him that she tried to commit suicide by jumping off the balcony of her apartment. And look at here, look at here now. Instead of dying, however, she ended up in a hospital room, paralyzed from the waist down. And uh, Mr. Campanella said, according to Nancy, one night in the hospital, she said Jesus came to her and very clearly said, Nancy, and you might have called her name, you have had a healthy body and a crippled soul From now on, you will have a crippled body, but you will have a healthy soul. Nancy said, after Jesus spoke to me, she said, I gave my life to Jesus that night in the hospital room, and I knew that if I I kept a healthy soul, it would mean that I would have to help other people. So that's what I do. So through her obedience to Christ, Nancy found salvation, her road to salvation that night. There are so many things, my brothers and sisters, that in this world today that can defeat us or seek to defeat us. But if you won't, if we won't, if you allow him. Hopeless as life may seem to somebody that might be watching me this morning. Hopeless as life may seem, the power of Jesus Christ enables us to conquer things that are long time conquering us. The power of Jesus Christ. And so as we peruse our biblical text, uh, we will possibly... uh, concur with the archaeologists that if we were to go to Jerusalem or visit Jerusalem, we will discover and testify that what we are talking about in our biblical text, that's the pool this morning, uh, that pool uh, was deep enough to swim in. And beneath it was a subterranean stream which every now and then uh, would bubble up and stirred the waters. The belief was that uh, the stirring of the waters was caused by an angel and that the first person to go into the pool after the waters bubbled up would be healed from all of their sickness and here or she who would be suffering. <clears throat> but my brothers and sisters, the pool doesn't appear to have been particularly successful even at that time. So, uh, Even so, uh, understandably, every hopeless medical case in Jerusalem, picture it now, in Jerusalem, 2,000 years ago. You had medical cases 2,000 years ago. Every medical case in Jerusalem, it seems, had lived or walked or, or, or stumbled or had been carried to this pool at one time or another. And there they would wait by the edge of the water. And the slightest stir of the pool was enough to trigger a stampede. And then the whole group of sick, can you just imagine that? The whole group of sick folks would look around at each other and slowly wade back after they'd been in the water they would wade back from the water out of the pool then they would uh, take their places again and wait for the next time for the stirring of the waters. Uh, on the day jesus happened and had noticed as he walked through he noticed the people gathering he noticed a man lying on his stretcher this man it had a 38 year paralysis. and this paralysis was so bad that he couldn't pull himself up on his feet, let alone make himself make his way to the pool. And, and, and so he lies there hoping against hope that some kind person would pick him up and carry him to that pool one day. I, I wonder have you ever had an ailment so bad? all you could do is just wait and whoosh whoosh and wait saying is there anybody around here is there anybody out there that can pick me up have you ever had that have you ever well some of us might we can walk we can talk we can but let me tell you some of us are, are just waiting around to get picked up my depression my lonely spirit my health crisis, my emptiness, my workplace issues, uh, somebody needs to pick me up. My, my career pressures, my, my lingering goals, my, my uh, somebody has to come get me, somebody has to pick me up. My financial responsibilities, my unfair treatment, my, uh, my bereavement status, oh, I, I, I just got bad news last, night. I need somebody to pick me up. Can I pick up my bed? This is probably how this 38 years of laying, rolling, waiting, rambling, pushing, pulling, stammering, stuttering, stirring, and after that, he'd almost, you know, given up the contest. But if you are sick or well, crippled, uh, walkable, capable, or suitable of walking, uh, you have a very responsible reason to be able to do something. Uh, the moment the scriptures in our biblical text and, and um, the literal translation in our illustration is saying <clears throat> Jesus is asking, do you want to get well? Preachers across the century have preached, do you want get well. Do you want to be made? Some of us might respond and say, get well? Get well for what? Get well, I'm sick. The doctor said I don't have a chance to get well. It's a pandemic out here and uh, I'm in a quarantine and I don't have time to get out the bed because my bed feels very comfortable. So I can't walk. I can't move. But, but, but Jesus, somebody say, but Jesus. Jesus, somebody say at home, but Jesus, somebody say, it, it, it's about Jesus, you, you know, some folk are so used uh, to someone uh, saying, not saying, they're not used to want someone that they come by, they're not used to somebody saying, what's wrong, what you need, it's very rare that somebody say, uh, what can I do for you? Some people do do that, but it's very rare. But Jesus says that, Jesus looks at the man and the circumstances, and then Jesus uh, looks at earnestly at the man. He looks into his eyes and said, do you want to get well? Notice, notice that the man doesn't answer Jesus' uh, question. He just saying he, 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 by saying not really, he doesn't answer Jesus' uh, question like that. He, said, he doesn't say, not really, no, I don't want to get well. Instead, he replies, I have no one to help me into the pool when the pool is stirred. While I was trying to get in, then someone else goes down and gets ahead of me. It could be that person who has given up on trying. And, it's, it, it, and that is an easy thing to do. I, the situations that we find ourselves, in every moment uh, may be overwhelming. Sometimes we feel that life is a cruel joke. Maybe we are lost, uh, uh, we've lost our hope or we've lost our hope for a better situation. Perhaps we've been frustrated down, back on our back, we're hurt. And, and the conclusion is, what's the use? Come uh, on. Things aren't going to get better, so what's the use? It is what it is. My brothers and sisters, That is not the blueprint of life's disappointments. Let me just say it like this. We never expect to get sick. If you ask a kindergartner, what do you expect to get out of life? They will probably keep playing with their toys. If you ask the graduating group and of high school students and college students, what do they expect to get out of life? The answer uh, would not conclude with this. I expect to be homeless. I expect to be an addict. I expect to be a drunk. I expect to be unhappy. I expect to be unsatisfied. I expect to be crowded out by others. Because the pool is too many people at the pool. Is too many people at, at my job. I expect to get crowded out. I expect to lose everything. Well. When we meet Jesus and when Jesus sees us, I'm gonna be almost finished now, but when Jesus, three things are going to happen. First of all, when when Jesus sees us, he's gonna say, Stop waiting. Stop waiting. That's the first thing he's gonna say. Stop waiting. In other words, you gotta pick up something. Pick it up, pick up yourself, pick up your soul, pick up your body. Stop waiting. Stop waiting around for your problems to get better, your struggles to get better. Stop waiting around for, to get lucky. Stop waiting. Allow God to deal with you right now. It's, it's nothing wrong with waiting, but you have to want. Amen. You have to want. Just allow me to say that I, I wouldn't know what a sheet gate looks like. But a sheep gate is defined as a gate which was marked, uh, was a marked terminus in a circuit of walls recorded in Nehemiah 3. And this gate is in the Hebrew dialect called Bethesda, having its meaning uh, the house of pity and a house of mercy. But if you were sick, you could come around and just wait, as we said earlier. Well, if I was by that pool, I want to get better. Yeah. Would you want to get better if you were at that pool? But yeah. Bethesda had five porches, and surrounded by the five porches, it had five covered colonnades, uh, one which was 75 feet long and 45 feet wide. I, 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 I'm not a builder, and I'm not an architect, but I would not wait around... For the waters to start stirring, Sometimes I just be right there at the waters. So I would see because I think I'd find my strength right there by the pool. I, 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 we might be blind, crippled, or mentally impaired, but we uh, have—if we have a disability, mine might not be yours, and yours might not be uh, mine. Uh, we have flaws, we have problems. My stress might not be your stress. We might have the attention of being, but we like want the attention of being sick. But my question is, why are you waiting when you need to get up and get better? Then second of all, in order to get out the bed, get off the mat, we must not lay there making excuses, uh, but obey Jesus after 38 years I'm sure this man had been at the pool many times. But Jesus asked him a very important question. We might say, why does Jesus ask this? Because the man is just laying there. That, his legs are gone. He's just laying there because of the circumstances might call for him right now as his legs are trying to make a, uh, b- make a difference. Uh, he needs a healing and some people might create excuses and say, uh, I, don't, I, I, I don't believe I'm going to get a healing. I'm not wanting a healing. I don't want to change. But uh, the man began to make excuses. He blamed all the other folks on his inability to get in the pool. He says, no one can help me get in the pool. And when I get close to the pool, somebody else jumps in, rolls over, slides in, dives in before me. He said, he said, if someone would lift me. Yes. Have you ever asked somebody, Some, just lift me. I, I just need to, if someone just gives me a hand. If someone just picks me up. Someone just lets me down. If someone just slides me or roll over me and places me by the pool. Yes. But here, here's what makes the difference. Wow. Say it like this. Yes. We say, I'm weak, I can't move. I'm weary, I'm tired of waiting. The man might have said, I'm sick of seeing folks run in and jump into the pool and jump out. But the difference is that Jesus was not there with a regular run-of-the-mill question. But he gave a once-in-a-lifetime, lifetime command. He didn't ask him. He told him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. No more run around, no more maybes, no more perhapses, get up. Pick up your bed and walk. and, And you know what, the man, you know he could have had excuses for that, but you know the man told him, get up, and that man got up, picked up his mat, and walked away. He didn't even go next to the pool. My brothers and my sisters, if you feel, and on, on our streaming this morning, if you feel that you are at rock bottom, I can testify this morning and tell you that rock bottom doesn't mean nothing to God. I'm at the bottom. Rock bottom doesn't mean nothing to God. Doesn't mean a thing to God. I'm down. I can't get up. I can't make my way. Rock bottom. I want to have a God witnesses in this house. Rock bottom doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean nothing to God because God made the rock, and Jesus built the rock on His church on that same rock. If you are sick and troubled, Jesus and at rock bottom, Jesus. If life is chaotic, if you can't find your way, rock bottom is where Jesus is. So, so, you at the rock, you at the bottom, get prayed up. Get up, stand up, and walk. Because the only, the only thing that we can do when we're at rock bottom, is look up and when you look up you are gonna look up at Jesus when you look up Jesus will heal you be healed be delivered and be set free well we might ask how can Jesus do this well just open the record just open your Bible just open your book with the manner and method of God's meaning of healing and God, the way God heals. Sometimes, you know, Jesus could just speak and you heal. Sometimes he spit on the ground, rolled it around in clay, and you're healed. Next time he'll touch you with his hand. I want to have God witnesses here. And you're healed. Next time when you get on your knees at home, You can call on him and if you have an ailment, you heal. That trouble might leave you. Other times, you know the Lord will use his, God will use his fingers. Ah, And you will heal. But wherever your rock bottom is, Jesus will pick you up and turn you around. But then thirdly and lastly, in order to get out the bed get off the mat and get healed we must know and we must believe that Jesus not only gets the credit but Jesus gets the glory can you glorify Jesus right now because when when you pick up your bed and when you pick up your soul and when you start walking and start talking uh, I can say, uh, you can testify. You can. What, what's your testimony going to be? He's already blessed me. He's already healed me. He's already picked me up. He's already walking with me. I, I, I think I. Somebody say he's already. Somebody say he's already. I don't believe. I hear you say he's already. We can say that a little stronger. He's already. I'm almost finished now, but I, 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 let me tell you, I started. Uh, with your subject that you repeated I started with the subject get out to bed Uh pick up your soul and walk somebody here somebody at home might have at home especially got out to bed Uh but how they might say how can I pick up my soul because I'm at home I just got out to bed I don't know how I can pick up my soul. Well, let me just tell you like this. Jesus not only heals, but Jesus resurrects. So when you think you're getting up in the morning, you're waking up, but Jesus is resurrecting you. If you believe in Jesus as your savior, your body will not only get up, Everybody's getting quiet. Your body will not only get up, but your soul will get up. But you must know this first. Jesus cannot get you out the bed and off the mat unless you believe and know that he can. If you believe that God, Jesus will show up. Somebody can. I want to have a guy. Witnesses out here. If you believe that Jesus can show up, something gonna happen. So you say, what gonna happen if you believe that when Jesus shows up, something gonna happen? Well, I, I'm gonna tell you like this. Lane, when Jesus shows up, Lane becomes walking. Doubting becomes trusting, failing becomes perfecting, uh, 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 pessimism becomes optimism, fear becomes uh, fears ineffective, heavy hearts become light when we know that Jesus, and we believe that Jesus can show up in our lives, midnight becomes midday, sign becomes singing, weak knees get strong knees. Empty barrels are filled up. Disappointments get filled when Jesus gets up. Despair becomes hope. Disgust becomes satisfaction. Dominity becomes bravery when Jesus shows up. Sorrow becomes joy. Defeat becomes exaltation. Healing becomes walking. Telling becomes testifying. When Jesus shows up. well I gotta go here we quiet it's quiet at the house he said what are you gonna say next well here's what I'm gonna say I'm gonna say what a Baptist preacher would say more than 2,000 years ago I I think I'm right now more than 2,000 years ago out on a hill called Calvary Baptist says an old rugged cross Jesus got on that cross the Romans might have put him on that cross but he got on it willingly because he could have gotten off that cross they nailed him on that cross they nailed him on that cross hung him up on that tree let me tell you he said seven words when he got through he bowed his head they took him down off that cross they dressed him up they laid him in a bar or two he laid there Friday he laid there Saturday morning he laid there Saturday afternoon he laid there Saturday evening but early early the children don't you get weary the doors of the church are open if it had not been